Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I love this series. It's only lesson two. If you miss last weekend for free, you can listen on a, the Believer's app. For, it works on any smart device. And you can also watch it online at believers.cc. And the foundation of this series is you and I taking a look at Jesus who had the worst bad day ever when he hung on the tree. We call it Good Friday. We just came through the holiday, but it was the worst bad day ever. And remember what we talked about in lesson one. I just want to remind us, when he was up there, he faced and felt betrayal, false accusations, rejection, abuse, humiliation. And I know some of you right now, you're going through a bad day where you're feeling some of those things. And here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 12 too. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. That's what we're doing. It goes on to say, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish, and in with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. So we're studying. And here's what we're studying. Jesus made seven statements on the cross. And each statement is meant... As we look at them, we look at, we're looking at them in order. They're meant to light a path that we know how to walk and what to do when we're going through our bad day. You won't find them all in Matthew. You won't find them all in Luke. You have to look Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In chronological Bible, you can see them in their order. So last week, we, we talked about you have to forgive those that cause your bad day because many of our bad days are caused by people. Today, we're going to look at the second statement. And when Jesus was crucified, he had a thief on one side crucified and one on the other. And they had some dialogue. So let's take a look at the dialogue. It goes like this, Luke 23, 20, or 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Verse 40, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. Verse 41, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said this, verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So let's get in the moment. Can we get in the moment? Worst bad day ever, right? Jesus was so punched and so beat up that the Bible says not even his mother could recognize him by looking at his face. His back was so torn apart that it just wasn't skin. Uh, the whip went deep and pulled muscle out, and he was in such pain, and he's hanging there. They, they didn't tie his hands. They nailed him, as we know, and he's just using all his strength just not to suffocate himself. He's holding himself up using all of his strength, and now someone who's going through a bad day next to him wants to hear from him and can you all agree that could have went a lot of different directions? Because the last thing you and I want to do on our bad day is help someone else that's going through a bad day. And think about it, Jesus, this is just the initial hit. So, I mean, he is hurting, and he has some options. He could ignore this person. Uh, he could tell this person off, or he could help this person. And he showed us something that we can do on our bad day. Here's his response, verse 43. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, we're not interested in the theology today about going to heaven. That's beautiful. Here's what we're interested in. Jesus showed us when we're going through a bad day, we should be helping others 
that are going through a bad day. And, and it's absolutely supernatural when we begin to do it. It's an amazing thing. All kinds of supernatural things will help in, happen in your life when you just don't look at what's going on in your life, but you begin to try to help other people going through their bad days. Now, I want to make sure I qualify this. You ready? Sometimes when we first enter a bad day, it's like being um, hit in the stomach, you know, when, 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 when you lose your breath. Uh, many of you have gone through that to where you, you're hit so hard. Happened to me a lot uh, to where you, you lose your breath and you can't breathe. And it's really, really, really painful when that type of thing happens. And the last thing you're able to do is help someone else. And that's how your bad day might be initially. But remember, bad days go on for weeks and months and sometimes years. And so you may need a little bit of time to help yourself and not get, be able to give out to anybody. But eventually, you have to not isolate yourself because that's our tendency. We want to isolate ourselves and, 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 and not look out to the world that's around us. And Jesus is teaching us something really powerful here. He's teaching us we need to help other people going through a bad day. So this is my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. When we focus on others, we minimize our struggles. There's two things that will happen that will happen for anybody. You don't even have to be a Christian. They're just natural principles. But the third one is where the, it becomes miraculous. But I want to go through these three, because when we focus on others, we minimize our struggles. Here's the first one, guys. Focusing on others distracts us from our struggles. It's amazing how our struggles, uh, we can just forget about them because we're focused on someone else, and it distracts us. So what I do for a living, being a pastor, this is happening to me by default. I'm not, I'm, I don't even have to work on it. And I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about greeting in the lobby. I'm talking about, if you're a pastor, you're always helping people going through tough times. And it's amazing. I can say in my own life, I always am distracted. I almost don't have time to think about my problems because I'm helping other people walk through their problems. It's an absolutely amazing thing. But I want to tell you a story that I observed as I walked through life. It had to do with my mom and another relative. And it's an amazing story, guys, when I think about this story, because my mom, she had rheumatoid arthritis, and it was like the last 20 years of her life, and uh, her hands were crippled like this, and she had multiple surgeries and couldn't straighten them. Her, her feet were exactly the same. And so when mom uh, would stand up, you could see pain in her face. When she walked, you could see her grinning with pain. But here's what happened. I'd go over at least once a week, have coffee, and I'd say, Mom, how are you doing? And she always said this. She says, I'm doing fine, honey. How are you? And I'd say, well, how are you feeling? How's your arthritis? I'm fine, honey. How are you? And then she'd go through. She literally would say, how's Gina? And she'd want me to tell her how Gina was. And then she'd say, how's Joe? I'd say, Joe's fine. How's Dave? Dave's fine. How's Michelle? Fine. How's Deanna? And I'd have to give her a little report on everybody. And she'd say, how's the grandkids? How's Joey and Riley? And I'd tell her. And then she'd say, how are you? And then she'd say, how's the church? And she'd want an answer. And then, and then she would write things down, and, and she had this prayer list, and she would just pray every morning for everybody that was close in her life. And you know what? I never saw my mom depressed. She was always a happy person. Well, I had another relative, 
And from the time I can remember, I don't know, five, six, seven, whatever, until I was in my way early 50s when she went to heaven, every time I saw her, every time we were with her at an event, we'd say, how are you doing? And here's what she'd say. Oh, I'm a no good, honey. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. <laughs> every time we saw her, I'm going to die. And, and then she'd tell you every problem she had. Now, in her later years, she developed angina, and she would, she would tell me about her angina, but in broken English, it didn't sound like angina. And uh, so Gina told me, you can't, you can't imitate her. You can just tell the people what I just told you. But then you'd want to laugh. But here's why I'm telling you the story, okay? Here's why I'm telling you the story. She was always depressed. Wonderful, wonderful relative, beautiful relative, but always depressed. And it wasn't clinical. It was focus. It was a focus issue. And I look at the two differences, and my mom was distracted, had this crazy pain, but distracted because she was focusing on others. And I want to encourage you on your bad day to focus on others because it will distract you from your struggle. Here, here's the second thing that will happen in your life. Focusing on others brings perspective to our struggles. Somebody always has it worse than we do, right? I mean, if you really start watching and looking. So uh, years ago, we were living in a house that had one full bathroom, and that was it. And it was Gina and I and four children. And so uh, getting ready for school was crazy with one bathroom, three girls, three guys. It was crazy. We had to try to get everybody through in an organized time. And uh, I used to complain about that house all the time. Man, we need a bigger house. This stinks. One bathroom isn't enough. And I'd complain and complain and complain. Then I went on a missions trip to India, southern India. And India's changed over the last couple decades. But I went to this trip. I was about a couple hundred miles south of Madras City in this town. And they did a crusade. Most people walked for days to get there. They had 10,000 in attendance. But uh, where they put me up and in, in, in what I experienced, I had never been to a third world country in my life. That was my first time. And it was amazing. Let me tell you a little bit of the story. They had me in this house, and it had a bedroom, and it had two windows, but there were no coverings on the windows. Uh, there, there was nothing, no, no glass, no, no screens, uh, no shutters. And the room, when I walked in, it was full of all kinds of insects, flying, some crawling. And it had the little gecko kind of lizards you see in Florida. And they're running around. They're not even hiding. They're up and down walls. And that first night, when I lay down to go to sleep, I, I typically open, I breathe through my mouth with an open mouth. And I thought, God, you have to help me keep my mouth closed all night. Because <laughs> I'm worried about snakes sneaking in too, right? And I'm thinking, geckos eat bugs. And I felt the little geckos or whatever crawling all over me. And that was OK. I figured they're eating a bug, so that's good. Well, I woke up the next day. I looked out the window. And I saw this young man with a bucket. And there was no running water in the house. And there's a lake. And the cows are reverenced there. So they're kind of bathing in the lake, going potty in the lake. And I saw him with a bucket, bring a bucket of water for me to sponge bath in. And so he, I saw him get it, and then he knocked on my door. So I thought, oh, I just saw you get this water, and I'm looking for things that are floating in it. And, and, uh, and yet I knew there's microorganisms in here. I'm not so sure. I may not bathe today. But here's the other issue. They already had a bucket of water in the room next to the toilet on my left-hand side, but there was no toilet fixture. It was just a hole. You had to squat. They didn't have toilet paper, so they put it on the left-hand side because most people were right-handed, 
and they didn't have utensils here, so you ate with your, your fingers, which I kind of enjoyed. brought me back to my childhood, what I always wanted to do. And uh, it was on the left side because you had to use the water to clean yourself after you went to the bathroom. And so they didn't want you to use your, your eating hand for that, right? And all I can tell you is this, guys. There were so many more things that happened on that trip, like the rice they cooked outside. They dug a hole, put banana leaves, and I went out and saw where the rice was coming from that I'd been eating, and there were all kind of insects crawling on the top. They brushed them off and then put it in your dish. And when I came home, I didn't kiss the ground in New York at the airport, but I, I wanted to. I literally wanted to. And I never complained again, ever, about having one bathroom. And that's what will happen. It will change your very perspective when you see what other people are going through. So many of you are listening in every campus and you're saying, hey, I can't get on a missions trip, whether you can't afford it, whatever it is. Well, you don't have to go far to see hurting people. We just have to open our eyes sometimes, right? And look for hurting people. But you can help here. We, we help hurting and underprivileged people here through different ministries. You can find a soup kitchen. You can volunteer at a hospital, volunteer at a nursing home. But here's what happens. When you begin to see how other people hurt, what you're going through, you realize, you know what? I don't have it that bad at all. It changes your perspective. Those are the first two, distraction, prescript, uh, perception, change. Here, here's number three. This is where it becomes very miraculous. Focusing on others brings relief to our struggles. It literally brings relief. You know, we are under what's called the law of sow, uh, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. We're familiar with it in the garden, right? Whatever you plant, it grows into a plant, that seed, and then whatever vegetable, fruit, and, and then it Whatever grows, it's full of seeds. So whatever you plant, you have more come back. Jesus said that works on other areas of our life. He said, if you forgive, you'll be forgiven, referring to people forgiving us. He said, if you show mercy, people then will show mercy to you. And then he said, if you give, you will, uh, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together through the hands of people. So we're under that law. And I really think that when we begin to focus on others, one of the ways we minimize our struggles is we literally release this law, and, and God's able to do these miraculous things in our life. And here's a really cool scripture. Isaiah 58.10 says this, and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, can, can you all agree those are people that are having bad days, right? So you're going through a bad day, but you're helping someone else go through a bad day. Listen to the second half of verse 10. Then your light will rise in the darkness. The darkness is your bad day, but look, at, it, it's lit up. And then he goes on and says this, and, and your night will become like the noonday. So night is another bad day. It's just a, a type of a bad day. It lights up. But then he becomes specific. And he says this in verse 11, the Lord will guide you always. So that's always, that's your bad day. So you're helping other people come through a bad day. And guess what? God begins to guide you out of your bad day. He goes on and says this, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Again, you're in a bad day, but now you begin to be satisfied with the needs that you have. And then he goes on and says, we'll strengthen your frame, that's your body, he'll minister healing to us. And then he says, you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fell. Are you watering yourself? No. What happened? You watered others, and now that's coming back into your life. And so that's where it becomes really miraculous and I can tell you, I've watched God do some crazy, awesome things for me because I just simply am helping other people. And I want to encourage you, 
just to remember this, guys, when we focus on others, we minimize our struggles. But then something else happens, and it becomes this specific ministry. And this is amazing. Because after God walks you through your struggle, he wants to use you. And there's so many of you in this room that have such incredible ministry inside of you. Uh, let me say it to you this way. You ready? Our mishaps become our ministry. And everyone in this room would qualify, right? We all have mishaps. And a mishap would be your bad day. You might have caused it. Maybe you didn't cause it. It doesn't matter if God walked you through it and you're on the other side in love with God. He wants to use you. Our mishaps become our ministry. You know what mishaps usually become in our lives? Our shame. And so many of us were shamed over what we went through. And God's saying, no, no, I brought you through that. This is supposed to become a ministry where you can actually help other people going through the same thing. So we help people in general, and that's awesome, and we should always have that. But now God wants to use you specifically. Now here's a cool scripture. You ready? It goes like this. 2 Corinthians 1, 3. All praise to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing, counsel. Verse 4. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. And how was God there for you? He's encouraging you. He's exhorting you. He's walking you through the darkest moments. And that's what I mean when I say our mishaps become our ministry. So I'm looking at a bunch of people. Guys, you have ministry in you that you don't even realize. It's your story of how God brought you through what you came through. And it's so powerful. So I'm going to give you an example. I want to say up front, don't feel bad for me as I share this story because I, I, I am doing better than I've ever done ever in my lifetime. The church is doing better. We're more fruitful than we've ever been. But this story really works, and I want to show you how it works. Uh, about 10 years ago, we went through a church split, and uh, we lost 700 people over a three-year uh, period. So it started with two, three hundred, but then other things happened, and it just kept getting worse, you know? So uh, statistics say that a pastor that has that happen, he can never come back. 99.99% never come back. Churches die when it happens like that. But God walked us through it. It was miraculous. But let me just tell you some of what, what I felt. And many of you felt it because you lost your best friends, and you went through tough times, and I thank you. For, for, for being strong. And you can minister to people too as a result of that. But listen, um, I remember after it began to happen, I, I began to see these huge negative monthly reports coming from accounting. And, and I realized we, we are going to go under if something doesn't change. So I'm praying my heart out as, as all of you would, right? And then I have to sit people down, employees, and I have to say, hey, we're going to have to release you. And then they get mad and they leave. And then their family leaves because you release them. And then their friends leave. And that's how you get up to 700. It just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. The whole time I'm dealing with rejection because it's, it's, you know, when one person you really love leaves, you have to deal with it a little bit. I'm going to miss them. No big deal. They, they, they need to follow God. But when 700 leave, you have some rejection issues you have to walk through, right? And so I'm walking through all of this stuff. And guess what? God walked me through it. And I'm telling you, if Jesus appeared to me and said, Joe, I can take you back to 2008 and this, make it so this never happens, I would say, no, 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 Jesus. I, I, want, I want this. This was a blessing to me. 
Can I tell you how it was a blessing? It made me go after God in ways I never went after God. It grew me spiritually. It was absolutely amazing. You know what else? I had these rough edges. I didn't even see them. I had blind spots. I didn't even see them. I, I had some pride issues. No one would have ever called me a narcissist, but you know, I just had these issues. I can do it by myself. And, and, and all of a sudden, man, I'm like, I'm like just, it's just God. God, you're going to have to work miracles here. And, and, and I'm not as great as I thought I was. And, and, and I had to depend on God because I can do things just with natural talent like so many other people. I had to depend on God. And man, it grew me spiritually in ways I could never grow. And it grew our church in ways and, and made us more fruitful than we could ever be. And so now I go to conferences, and they always want me to teach on this. And I go, guys, I can teach other parts of the Bible. They go, no, this is your story. We need to hear your story. So I teach about what God did. I don't... Sorry, I didn't spend any time on negative. I don't get specific. I don't know whose fault it was. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything with finances, nothing moral. I don't even know why it happened, but it happened. Maybe God just wanted to grow me. I have no idea, but it happened, right? And so I share the story, and then here's what happens to me after I share the story. Any pastor in there that knows somebody that's going through a tough time like I did, church split, they give them my cell number, and then I, my phone blows up. But, but that's okay, because my mishap has become my ministry. I still do this, and this is my main ministry, but it's become a ministry to where these hurting pastors are on the phone, and I can say, hey, guys, I know where you're at. I was there, but here's what God did, because God did these financial miracles that were amazing, and I can say, he did this, and he did that, and here's how he walked me through emotionally, and here's what I did to get, become emotionally healthy and, and become the happy, smiling person that I am, and, and I said, this is what God did, and this is how I'm free, and this is why I'm free, and guess what happens? As you begin to share the story, it begins to bring freedom to them. Now, you didn't go through a church split, but what is your mishap? What mishaps have God walked you through? I'm just giving an example of my life. What does he walk you through? Maybe you came through cancer. Maybe you came through a terrible physical thing. Maybe you went through bankruptcy. Maybe you went through divorce. Uh, maybe, maybe you're addicted to drugs and now you're free. What was your mishap? Our mishap is our ministry. And I, I just want to make sure you understand what God did in your life is so powerful. It, it, it can set people free because really you're taking the Bible and saying, yeah, this is how the Bible worked in my life. So you're, we're not going off page from the Bible. We're saying, this is what God did. This is what God did. I want, I want to say it to you this way, because this is pretty powerful. And it goes like this. Our story brings others salvation. There's power in your story. And that, we're not talking about salvation, go to heaven salvation. We're talking about freedom. Because they hear your story. God brings power through your story. And here's a great verse. You ready? Revelations 12, 11. He's like this. They defeated him, they as the Christian, him as the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, for they did not love their lives but laid them down for him. This could be a martyr straight out, okay? It would be a straight out martyr, but it could be also us just laying our life down and using these two weapons. There's two weapons. The, the blood of the lamb is you have to be a Christian for, for your testimony to have power because it has to be connected to what God did, right? Your testimony or your words. So the blood of the lamb is you accepted Christ. His blood washed all your sins away. It, it made you a child of God. You, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. He's given you the authority of the name of Jesus. It's absolutely awesome, mind-blowing, incredible. And now you have something called your testimony. 
That's the word of your testimony. And all of us can minister what God did. That's part of our testimony, right? But when you begin to tell people, this is where I was at, and this is where I am now, there is such power in your mouth. It's absolutely amazing. And this weekend's been really fun because last night, today, after first service, people come up and tell me some of their stories. And I'm like, whoa. And, I, and, and they're helping other people now. They're, they're helping other people walk through what they walk through. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Our, ministry be, our mishap becomes our ministry. Begin to pray and just say, God, bring some people along my path that I can help. You walked me through it. I want to help them through it. And you know what? He'll, he'll bring them alongside you like the Bible says. But some of you, you're in the mishap stage. You need someone to help you, and you need to begin to pray, God, I need you to bring someone along my path to help me. And I want to encourage you, call the church. Uh, not only can we get you hooked up with counseling, but we know people, we know stories, and we know people that have gone through some things, and they're on the other side, and, and we'll hook you up with them. We'll, we'll, we'll get you connected with someone that's been through it, they've been there, and they'll help you do it. That's with our connect groups a lot of times. We have connect groups like divorce recovery and groups like that, and what are we doing? We have someone that has a story saying, this is what God did for me, and they're taking you through a curriculum, but it's so powerful. But you can also do that one-on-one -on -one with people. You can do it at any age. Your, your story is, or your, your mishap is your ministry. So I really believe God wants to do some prayer ministry right now. So we want to, can we bow our heads, close our eyes just for a moment? And let's all of us pray. Attitude of prayer, Boardman, TCI, Warren, heads are bowed. I really believe God's spoken to hearts as we've gone through here. And there's some of you, you came in so hurting. You're in that stage where you're trying to catch your breath. And I just want to pray for you right now. Lord, all of us come together. We pray for those people that their bad day has just begun. They're hopeless. And Lord, we pray for you to give them hope. Infuse them with hope. Lord, we ask you to bring someone alongside them. Lord, we ask you to help them see how great you are. And Lord, we ask you also to help them begin to understand that when we focus on others, we minimize our struggles and let them begin to work those laws in their life, Lord God. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God, we're asking you to be miraculous and help people back to the other side. So our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. There's some of you in here right now You've been in shame over your story. And God's saying, no, 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 I've walked you through this. And God's dealt with your hearts now as you've listened that you have a ministry. And with heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to just whisper a prayer to God and say, God, bring people along my path that I can minister life to. Let's cry out and let them know. Okay, we're still praying. There are some of you in here You've isolated yourself. You, you've done exactly uh, what the enemy wanted you to do. He's isolated you. He's got you focused on your problem only. And today's your break loose day. This is your break loose day where you say, God, I'm going to begin to focus on others going through bad days. And I just want you let God know I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the eyes off of me. I'm going to die. And I'm going I'm to put my eyes 
on other people. I'm okay. I'm okay. God's going to walk me through this. I'm going to help some other people. Let them know that you're a candidate for that, that you want that to happen in your lives. We're still praying. Lord, I pray over these incredible people. And I thank you for walking those that need to be walked through bad days, walking them through it. We thank you for teaching us to forgive. We thank you for teaching us to help others while we're going through our bad day. Lord, we thank you for what we're going to learn in the weeks to come. But God, I thank you for being supernatural in all of these dear people's lives. So we're still praying. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you walked in here to Borman, TCI Warren, and you weren't sure of your eternity. You know, Jesus said, this day will you be with me in paradise to the thief. That's the theology part of what he said. And, you know, the Bible teaches us whoever believes in him will not perish but receive everlasting life. Whoever calls on his name will be saved. And so right now I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. You can do all that and not know Jesus. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm asking you, what have you done with Jesus? If you walked in here and you didn't uh, believe in God or weren't sure if there was a God, I'm also speaking to you because Jesus is alive. And only God can show you that. Only God can bring faith into your heart. But I just want to say to you, he is the Messiah. He did die for your sins. And if you believe in him, he will save your life. So here we are in this attitude of prayer. If you're here and you say, that's me, I'm ready to call on the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? Borman, TCI, Warren, and everyone else in the campuses, can we help them pray? Can we pray out loud and just walk them through this? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. This day, I accept you as Savior and make a decision to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you prayed that prayer, man, you're in Boardman, you're in TCI. According to the Bible, all your sins were washed away. God, God gave you the gift of eternal life. God changed you already on the inside. It's absolutely amazing what just happened. You might not have felt it, but it happened. The Bible also teaches us that all of heaven is celebrating right now. Can you imagine God the Father, Jesus, God the Son, they're up in heaven with all of heaven, all the angelic beings. They're all celebrating up there like we do when, a when we have a child born into our family. You've now become a child of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. They're going crazy up there. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.